We're not messing around. We're going to get right to it. And I thought, well, I did this show today. I'd get a little suntan here. You know, I mean, why not? You know, because I know you're not doing that in Houston, but, you know, where I live, no problem. Yeah, put right. some sunglasses on, brother. I'm good. You can be cool in front of me. There you go. There you <laughs> I go. can be cool in front of you. That's, right. I like to hear that. Um, like I'll tell you who's not cool these days, and that's Dak Prescott. And you and I had this conversation a week ago, and I asked you, who do you thought had more going on? I, I hate to use the word pressure. Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott? You said Prescott. I didn't. I, I think Lamar does, but here's the bottom line. We can say all you want about Mike McCarthy. I don't care who coaches that team if Dak Prescott is your January quarterback. I don't see it ever happening in Dallas with Prescott. Yeah, you know, Grant, as good as he's been during the regular season, we know a lot of guys who are regular season stars that don't ever, for whatever reason, DNA, um, pressure, can't live up to all the hype. Um, there's more than one dude on the Cowboys that can't do that. We've seen it, and it's been going on a long time. But as the quarterback and the head coach, they face it. you know. And, and Mike was a, probably the similar guy in Green Bay, but he had a pretty damn good quarterback to help win him a Super Bowl. And Dak is a regular season star. The problem is that's not how we judge him. So I'm with you. Now it shifts to Josh Allen or – or, or Lamar Jackson, as far as that pressure, they all have pressure. Hell, there's pressure on Stroud. Some been in the league less or some longer, so we feel like they deserved uh, more pressure on them. But they're all feeling that inner pressure. But you're right, the national media and the focus, I still think it's Prescott because the guy's probably going to finish top three MVP award and still is going to face all of it. But you're right. he's Grant, I look at certain guys – that I've gone through my, I never thought Jay Cutler was going to, and I like Jay, but never going to win a Super Bowl. I didn't think that um, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, I think there's, all, and they're really, really good players, but you can be a really good player and something's missing in no. the postseason. Dak Prescott's one of them. First of all, he shouldn't be top three in the MVP voting, and I'm going to tell you why. And I've been saying this all year. The Cowboys didn't have a signature win all year. They didn't beat anybody. And every big game they played, with the exception of the home game against Philadelphia, and we found out that they're really not that good. They're fraudulent this year. Right. But, but the point is, if you look at the Cowboys' regular season, who did they beat, Sean? They didn't beat anybody. They played the AFC East. They played the NFC East, obviously. So that's six games right there against, you know, and you split with Philadelphia. Giants were terrible. Washington's terrible. You lost at Arizona. You got blown out at San Francisco, right? You got blown out against Buffalo. You you, you weren't competitive in any of the close games. I mean, in any of the games that were against upper echelon teams, you were not competitive. How do you give, how do you give Dak Prescott – even a Pro Bowl. I'm sorry. I don't see it with this team. And, and I've been and on that all year. They don't They don't have a signature win, Sean. You have been, Grant, and you, you're, you're spot on with it. My, my point is just the national media is going to look at the – I mean, the people who vote are going to look at the numbers and say, look at this. It's great. And the and the, the vote is never after the playoffs. As you know, the vote's probably already – I think it's already in because they vote. It's a regular season vote. So you're right. And when you talk about no signature wins, it kind of bore its fruit um, – about the the validation of who they are in the postseason, didn't it? There's, there's, there's something's missing. Yeah. And- hey, Sean, Sean, I said on my rant on Monday, he's not even the best quarterback in Texas. Give me C.J. Stroud. Oh, yeah. No, well, let's it- talk about C.J. Stroud. Okay, so in one playoff game, and we talked about this last week, I didn't know what to expect. And I, I'm Sean, you played the position, I didn't. But as a Ooh. football fan. Sean, I'm blown away what, with what I saw oh, from CJ Stroud. And th- this isn't this isn't window dressing, Grant. This is a player. This is this is a. I know we use the term "built different" too often, but I can tell you, I've watched every throw he's made this year. 
and every and the way he handles the media, the way he handles his team, the way he handles having guts but being judicious enough not to to know when not to take that shot. The guy's fantastic. He's the best rookie as far as everything combined that I that I've seen at the position in, in I don't know 30, 40 years. There's guys who've had great careers. I'm talking about in their infancy of their career, 15 games. He missed two in the regular season, got a playoff. So really 16 of 18 games. The guy's been fantastic. And I'm going to tell you this, Grant, think about it. If we drafted, take all the current players in this league, not the ones who are going to be drafted, but the current players, if we threw them all into a, into a draft, into a, you know, into the pool and said, okay, 32 teams, we're going to start picking. We'll start with the top team, Chicago, and we'll, watch, we'll roll right on down. Grant, you know, like fantasy, they take the running backs first because they usually provide the most points. It's going to start with quarterbacks. Then all of a sudden, a T.J. Watt, a Jamar Chase, a Justin yep. Jefferson will come into play. I do know this, that if you start – now, I'm going to tell you, get me to the fifth get, – get, the first three quarterbacks, you're going to go more than likely in no particular order, Mahomes, Burrow, and Lamar Jackson, correct? You're, you're yes. good with me on that? Yes. Who, who's your fourth pick? Well, before the season began, don't laugh at me, it was Jalen Hurts based on what I saw last year. It ain't now. No, right? it isn't. But that's okay. how quickly things can change. Your fourth and fifth picks right today, Grant, I'm not going to speak for you, are a well, battle you between Josh Allen and, based on, Allen based and Stride. On, I was just going to say, you, uh, you, those are the two guys I was going to give you. Absolutely. And so if we're saying, okay, I'm not saying for a year when Aaron Rodgers comes back, maybe it's Rodgers in New York. I'm talking about for the next – you're building your franchise. That's when you draft a quarterback, right? This is going to be my franchise guy for 10 years. Throw everybody back in. Throw everybody back in. And the only other name that would that would garner it, if if they're healthy, if they're healthy, Burrow is in the top five. If, no if question. Uh, so no we're question. throwing the top five. Then we go Burrow, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I guess I already said Burrow, didn't I? Did I already yeah, say? Yeah, you said Burrow. Burrow? You got Burrow okay. in your top three. Right, right. So top three, he's in. So and then the the team that picks fourth is going to decide between C.J. Stroud and Josh Allen over the next decade. And you and I both know that's a fact. So you are 100% correct. And that's not, oh, that's hyperbole. That's hot take. No. It's not hot take. No. I don't believe 32 guys sitting in the four or five hole would pass on him. And that's how far point. he's come. And he's got a different DNA than a lot of these cats you're talking about, including the guy in Dallas. Yeah. And you would, there's no decision to be made. Dak or Stroud, it's a yeah. no-brainer. Zach, Dak or, I mean, uh, CJ or Hurts today. He throws the ball as well as anybody in the league. It's not unbelievable. He's he is being picked in your top five of all current players in this league to build a franchise. Sean, we thought if the Browns had won the game that we could possibly be looking at the biggest story in the NFL this year with Joe Flacco being then one game away from playing in a championship game. I think the same is true of Baker Mayfield. If the Bucs can go in and beat Detroit, and we're talking about Baker, whose career looked like it was, you know, on the back burner, not going to ever happen. If he ends up playing in the NFC Championship game, that would be a hell of a story. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be one hell of a story. Yeah, Hamlin's Tamar Hamlin's probably going to win and for a, understand yeah, the reason of completely comeback player of the year. But if we're talking about guys who played every down and were starters during the season, Baker Mayfield's your comeback player of the year. He, he just is. Now, Grant, think about the NFC. I just named – we got Allen, Mahomes, Stroud – and who am I missing? Allen, Mahomes, Stroud, Burrow. and 
and Burrow. no, and I'm talking about left in the playoffs. Oh, and left Lamar in the playoffs. Jackson, and Lamar yeah. Jackson. Yeah. We talked about building a team, and now those are the four left of the AFC. You think that's a friggin' gauntlet? Now How think about, about the NFC, and you mentioned Mayfield, which is a fantastic story. We'll start with Mayfield. Uh, cast off four teams in three years, a journeyman. He became, yeah. according to that, he was a journeyman, right? Trying to yeah. get back and get something where people believed in him again, and he's proven it with that walk-on mentality. Uh, we, we, we know uh, the Brock Purdy, last pick of the mm-hmm. draft, wasn't supposed to succeed in the NFL, MVP candidate. Jordan yep. Love sits for three or four years, playing out of his mind, actually had a better statistical rookie year than both Favre and when I say rookie year, I'm talking about your first year of yes. starting Favre and Aaron Rodgers. He's playing out of his mind, and they got a legitimate chance. Now, I don't know if they're going to beat him, but he is playing great football and has, for the majority of the year, played excellent football. And then your fourth one is Jared Goff, who was a Rams castoff. That's but your, who, and, who, who won a championship and played in a Super Bowl. That, that's exactly right. That's my. But they treated him as a castoff. They went and yes. got Stafford. And went, my point is you got four great stories of guys who've overcome something in the NFC and four monsters that that all the expectations, they, they expect to be here in the AFC. So we got, and I have so much respect for all of them, but Mayfield is a fantastic story. Yep. And at some point now he's going to get paid. He's been looking for that contract. I'm assuming they're going to pay him. And when Jordan Love's contract comes up, Grant, in the next what year, he is going to make top six, seven money at quarterback because of the timing of it. All right, I want to talk to you about Love, okay, because we just talked about Dak and their failures, but we do need to talk about the Packers, who maybe were the most impressive team in the playoffs in week one. But t- you, you know the position. Again, you study it. I love the fact that you can break this down better than anyone I know. What do you like about Jordan Love? How has he been able to get to this point? Well, first off, Grant, I love the fact that he didn't go into the tank when he wasn't playing. We are not in a situation now in NFL, and it tells me something about his character, his drive, his ability to stay in the game without pouting about it and demanding, you trade me or I'm out, I'm not going to show up. He knew his time was coming, and then when it presented itself, he's kicked ass. And he's done it without a whole lot of talk. So I, I, I love the, the, the psychology part of it. We know he can throw it, but Grant, I also, the ball comes out. It looks to me, and I've seen it with Stroud, that he's got, and even though Love's been in the league longer, he's got a great grasp of what Matt LaFleur's trying to do. And when you watch them, doesn't it look like Lafleur's and that team's got joy back in that they're not? And I love Rodgers, but it felt like they were bogged down. Absolutely, and they need they needed a change. And I'm they, telling you right now, Aaron took the air out of the locker room, and they, a lot of it, it wasn't even based on what he was doing. It was a lot of the media too, but it it sucked the air right out of the room. There's Sean. no doubt about it. And they wouldn't go back and bring him back for these playoffs. They'd stick with Love, even yes. if Rodgers was hell. Right today, I I love his game. The ball comes out quick. And Grant, you know what I've started to notice? The guy is accurate on schedule, but also is making Aaron Rodgers type plays. I My favorite thing, though, and Dan Fouts talked to me about leadership when I was early in the league about a real leader, if you want to know, it's not throwing for 4,000 yards. It is standing in the pocket, delivering the ball under duress, and, being, and, and not making excuses or pointing fingers and yep. getting your ass back up and doing it again. You saw him. Dallas hit him a handful of times, and he threw some great balls under duress. Any swinging unit can play when it's zone and nobody's hitting you. I want to know how you can play when everybody wonders, well, Rodgers isn't there. We got all these young, energetic receivers that feel like they've added new youth and life to the Packers. Defense has elevated their play, and Jordan Love's not missing the easy throws, and he's making the tough ones. His leadership's elevated, and it looks like there's more joy in Green Bay, although I know the 49ers are fairly heavy favorites. 
this kid has got a chance to go in there because if you don't have a quarterback in the playoffs, you, you ain't advancing no. very far. And Jordan Love gives them a legitimate chance what none of us thought was going to happen at the beginning of the year when it came to the overall team. I love the way he's going. I even questioned two years ago, trade the guy. Rodgers isn't going anywhere, and they stuck it out, and so did he. And he's rewarding that franchise with great play. Sean, you're a Raiders fan. Two years ago, your team that you root for was in the same situation. You had a coach in Rich Passaccia who the players loved, and by the way, you went to the playoffs and lost, lost a close game to the eventual AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals, and that wasn't sexy enough for Mark Davis, okay? And so in comes McDaniels. We know that was a disaster. Right now, you have your two best players, Devontae Adams on offense, Matt Crosby. Max is going crazy campaigning for Antonio Pierce. The fact that here we are already a week and a half removed from the last game that the Raiders played and – Mark Davis hasn't decided to me is a real bad look. I'm not saying that you just hire a coach based on what two players say, but it seems like that's the general consensus coming from the locker room. Is Mark Davis going to make another big blunder and screw this up again? Because to me, that's the biggest problem with the Raiders, but he's not going anywhere. Mark Davis I isn't hope, going anywhere. I hope not. I hope what I what grant this is going to sound maybe too harsh, but I don't care. Cause you know, as a Raider fan, I've been fine. I listen, I, I, beg for them to win every year, but I'm also going to be fair in my analysis. And I think this is fair. You can't be a star humper as an owner that just goes after big name celebrity coaches, not saying those guys can't win the guy, the names that are out there pretty damn good. But what I mean by that is you can't just go after the big name guy to come in because he's going to rattle the cages and do his thing. Cause you love big names. He like the, the, the Raiders like that big name. I think Mark does about as much as he likes is his dad loved speed and his dad, Al was phenomenal. And Mark Davis has got some good traits, but if you're, if you're that, you got to go with what the eye test, if nothing else tells you, even if you're not going to go with what the, the, the players say, all you have to do is see the energy, the improvement on, on, the way that they're the penalty, you know, penalties protecting the ball, and they're not even settled with all their roster yet. Yep. Listen, buy-in and leadership are the two most important things a head coach can have. And Antonio Pierce has created both, and the two best players on their team believe in him. Listen, if you don't like it two years from now, redo it. But you can't just go after the big star and ooh, I got to make sure I get the name because sometimes name coaches aren't very good, and they're going to find their ass sitting around watching football too you don't have in order to be a big name you got to get a chance to be a big name to me this decision should have been made this in the locker room the second the friggin season was over exactly you know it you rally around it allow him to go build this team and do exactly. it the right way and i don't think he's caught up in all the in all the power hungry shit i think antonio pierce cares about players understands them but and he's a still local a, guy that's exactly you're damn right. And so to me, I don't know what they're waiting for. You don't need the sexy big name. Ooh, he's a star. Let's go get that guy. Please, Mark, make the right decision and get this shit done immediately so the Raiders players are fired up in the offseason instead of coming in with some guy who's going to – and you know what? They may win with somebody else. I know damn well they improved immensely with Antonio Pierce in a lot of different ways. This hire should have already been done. And, Sean, if you're Antonio Pierce, who, by the way, is interviewing for other jobs, what the hell must he be thinking? He's probably like, gee, what do I got to do? I got the whole team that wants me to be the coach. It's now 10 days, and I got an owner who's, you know, looking at other names. It's unbelievable to me. 
Grant, what's that thing you see on that chalkboard or on the whiteboard? And I'm allowed to cuss on here, correct? Yes. Okay, fuck around and find out. That, that, because what you're going to do, you're going to fuck around, and Antonio Pierce is going to take, like, the Titans job. Yeah. Or, you know what I'm saying? Somebody's going to come in and offer him the job, and as much as you love the Raiders, you got one in the hand, or are you going to wait for somebody to make a decision? I don't know. And what scares me is that it's taking too long. you got a hell of a coach who loves football, loves it, and is willing to do whatever it takes. But I'm going to tell you, somebody come in and snap. If I'm him, if somebody offers me the gig I want, I'm not waiting on the Raiders. And I'm a Raider fan because yeah. somehow you get hosed. So if you're the Raiders, you better beat them to the punch because if I'm another organization, Atlanta or Tennessee, and I don't even know in the last two hours if somebody got hired, but if they didn't, if you are if you love energetic coaches that bring it around, take care of your business. Antonio Pierce is a head coach in the National Football League, and the Raiders should recognize that before they find out something they don't want to hear about that he's coaching somewhere else. The Detroit Lions, hard to believe you can go 32 years without a playoff win. Are they getting a little too cocky right now? I'm, I'm reading some things coming out of that locker room. I mean, we're, we're talking about a team that only won one playoff game. But you got to figure Dan Campbell's got the pulse and he's got this team, you know, in his hand, so to speak. You like them to beat Tampa, don't you? I do. But I also know Dan probably puts the humble. You know, when you think about it, D'Amico Ryans, Dan Campbell, Antonio Pierce, they all have those in common. People have bought in and they love their leadership and they're going to rally around their players. And these Great guys point. understand locker rooms. So there comes a point when I, if, if I'm listening, I want my guys to feel great about their, the way they're playing and feel confident. But you can be as confident as you want as long as it doesn't detour your mindset on Sundays or Saturdays, whatever playoff game you're playing in, and our practice week is filled with incredible energy yep. and and still play the underdog, us against the world mentality. Yeah, I like them. I'm okay with confidence. I just don't want confidence to skew the picture. And the picture is right now, Tampa's defense flies around and Baker Mayfield playing at a pretty damn confidence le confident level himself. And it ain't like Detroit's history over the last 30 years says, we whip ass every year. There's got to be perspective mixed with confidence, and that equals self-worth. And when self-worth kicks in, you got a chance. They play good football, they'll win the game, even though I have a lot of respect for the way Tampa's played because I never would have thunk it at this stage. Uh, at this time last year when Brady wasn't there and they were struggling through, I never would have thought that this team was going to be in this position, and here they are. All right, we got four games now. If I told you that coming up this weekend there would be one upset, which game do you think it would be? Well, I'd love to say C.J. Stroud throws a party on the Baltimore Ravens, but that party's going to have to be a party where you deliver hats and have a whole bunch of help and a bunch of – because they're really – you can play good against Baltimore and still get yeah. beat. They run it well. They throw it well. they got a dynamic quarterback. And they are the toughest to defend because of the, the inside downhill run game. Lamar with his legs, Lamar inside and outside, Lamar with his arm. And you got to get nosy. you got to bring an eighth guy up to stop their run, and guess what happens? They run that play action and kill you. Uh, the upset to me, it would have to be Tampa against Detroit if it happens because that, that I don't think that there's that Detroit's ten thousand times better because Tampa's defense will fly. They're good around. This yep. could end up being a 21-20, 21-17 type game. I, I think Baltimore is going to win. I like San Francisco against Green Bay. Those are my two Super yep. Bowl teams. Although I think. The familiarity with for, the coaching staff know exactly all the formations. They run the same scheme, so defenses should be prepared. And then the other game I'm missing, oh, I, I don't 
I think Buffalo wins at home. I do. I, do I think Buffalo's going to beat Kansas City at home. I think home field yep. mattered that much. Yep. If there is an upset, give me Tampa. I just know this. All the home teams aren't winning this week. I agree. I do not believe that all four home teams are winning. Well, you're a winner, buddy. I love having you on. You're great. And uh, we'll look forward to t- talking with you next week and get ready for the championship games. I can't wait. Always a pleasure to be on with you, my man. Do me a favor. Go see the movie Beehive with Jason Statham. Oh, yeah? I, I, that'll make you think we need a whole bunch of beekeepers. Oh, no, Beehive. It's called Beekeeper. Yeah. Go see that movie with Statham. I just saw it this afternoon. It'll make you realize we need a bunch of beekeepers around the country, and you'll understand when you watch the movie, brother. Uh, it's on my list right now. Okay. Thank go you. Go check I- it out. I will, buddy. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Good stuff right there. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, switch therapist anytime for no additional charge get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash grant today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help h-e-l-p.com slash grant well we now have to talk about what we saw last night <laughs> and ryan I, you did a phenomenal job on the post game show i'm sorry i couldn't join you but you know after after yeah uh, after watching the show, like, <laughs> after watching the show i'm like Oh, man, am I glad I don't have to do this tonight. Um, wow. I mean, I don't know what else to say. You know, it, I will say this. Had it not been for the Milwaukee game, you might have been able to digest last night with a notion of, well, those things happen in a course of an 82-game season. You see crazy things. But you see that twice in a 48-hour span where you have the game right in the palm of your hands and pff, it's gone. That's that that makes it really difficult to accept if you're a Kings fan. Yeah, especially against two teams that are can one team that is contending to be the best team in the Eastern Conference and another that's trying to be in the playoffs in the Western. So um, those are big games for the Kings. I mean, Grant, everybody's got a stat of the day today, right? Ninety nine percent the Kings had to win in the fourth quarter, whatever. I mean, the bottom line about this is this is a two and three road trip this team went through and it should have been four. Yeah, well. And the two teams you beat are two of the worst teams in the NBA. And you got blown out by Philly. And then you somehow have your your best free throw shooter, Malik Monk, missed two free throws. And then on the next possession, Fox misses the front end of two. And then they misplay. And I still believe Fox misplayed that Damian Lillard. Yeah, I know you don't want to you don't want to bump yeah. him there, but but I mean, good lord. I mean, Fox just was off balance, and it was so easy for Lillard to get space and get into an open for him a high a decent percentage shot. Um, and now you take on Indiana, who listen, who's gonna be ready to play? They just made a trade to get Pascal Siakam. I can't imagine oh, that he's gonna be be on the floor for the game. 
uh, tomorrow. So you you would be taking on a Indiana team that's not going to have very many bodies. You have Halliburton out. But have you looked at their schedule? Have you looked at their last four games heading into the All-Star break? Their last four games heading into the All-Star break, Denver at home, at Oklahoma City, at Phoenix, at Denver. Now think about that. Those Brutal. are your four games heading into the break. And oh, by the way, you now, after these two games, go on your longest road trip of the year, then come home for two games. And you know who the second game, as I just mentioned, is Denver on that home state. This schedule is brutal. Ryan, this team's not in the top six right now. They're seventh no. because of that road trip. No, and um, this team's going to have to find a way to bounce back and galvanize, and historically they have, right? Um, they keep it to a couple games, Skid, but Grant, it's daunting. And we're talking about a Western conference where players are playing. The stars are playing. So the Kings are going to have to figure it out, Grant, because you look at their numbers last night. It really wasn't bad. It was Kings basketball, and it was just a epic nine-minute collapse. What about the missed free throws again? It's story of the season, right? Uh, in the callers last night, I want to say. Phenomenal. Awesome. Everybody I watched came the show. In here. Great job. Thank Great you. Great job. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal takes by everybody and insight, but um, it, it, it's the story of the season. They're just not in enough close games, Grant. It, no. it, this team, and you brought up the Lillard thing, because I kind of looked at that play too, and I questioned it, and I'm looking at the body language of this team, and sometimes I wonder if this team's starting to get this chip on their shoulder, like they're constantly getting screwed. And that grows, because you see them talking to the officials more, and then that grows into, oh, well, they might call this on us or we're not getting calls. And so then it affects how you play in certain situations. So I don't know. And it, lots of excuses, not a lot of answers. How about the turnovers last night in the fourth quarter? Well, here we go. This is uh, this spot on. Kings had eight turnovers in the fourth quarter. I mean, think about that for a minute. This is a team that takes really good care of the basketball. They turned it over eight times. That's why Phoenix was able to go on a 23-4 run in the game. Grant, their assist to turnover ratio before that run you just said was phenomenal. There's the great. first half. Yeah. It was phenomenal and it changed everything. And not to mention, Mike Brown wrote it out with the small lineup, Grant. He went with it. He rode with it. The Kings got beat at their game there. They just could not put anything together. All right, so uh, C-Dog wants our thoughts on the Siakam trade. I think when Tyrese Halliburton is healthy, I think that is a phenomenal tandem with the Indiana Pacers based on what they already have. I don't think they're up with Boston. Uh, I'm still not crazy about Milwaukee, but I still think that may elevate Indiana, may put them fourth in the East ahead of who I don't even know who is there right now. But I, I, I like, well, listen, Halliburton is developing into a tremendous, tremendous player. You put Siakam on the floor with him based on what you still have. I like that team a lot, Ryan. I really do. Grant, and who says they're done? Either because yep. this next second half of the season for Indiana could be a lot of fun to watch because it's also going to be a full court press to re-sign Pascal. They're, yep. they're going to make that pitch to him because in a way they're looking for that combination that the Kings got with Sabonis and Fox. Halliburton needs that combination with the player. Can it be at Siakam? Maybe. We'll see. Says three first round picks is a lot. It's not a lot if you're an upper echelon team. You know, if you're if you're drafting, you know, between, let's say, 24 and 30, that's not really giving up a lot to get a player like Pascal Siakam, in my opinion. 
it's not. And, and here's the other thing. I think that's going to be the really interesting thing to monitor during this trade deadline is, is it going to be assets as in players that are traded or capital as yep. in collateral draft picks because of the new CBA that goes into effect next year? Draft picks may be the way to go. Great point. Hey, listen, buddy, uh, we'll be talking about this again at the top of the hour with Jerry Reynolds. And again, I mean this. You did a phenomenal job last night. And uh, the people on the stream, great job. It was what, what, Thank you, boss. It was a great show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. To everyone else, Jerry Reynolds here at 4 o'clock, all right, in about uh, 30 minutes. You want more Kings coverage? This is the place to oh, get yeah. it. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon, everybody.